that it's alive. The other day at the prayer breakfast, you know, we, we, we all get to pray. Sometimes you pray prayers to people, people don't understand what you're saying. We pray over the city, pray over the government, pray over politicians. Where do good politicians come from? Church. Where do good school teachers come from? Church. Where do good business people come from? Church. Why? Because it's the only acre in town where there's any life. Think about that a minute. That's, that's, a, that's huge. Jesus said, I'll build my church. He didn't say anything about government. He didn't say anything about a hospital. I'm not saying I'm against any of those things. I'm just saying that if you can get a church in a city, you can change that whole city. Because you shall know truth, and truth sets you free. So when we talk about church, we talk about we open the Word of God. You understand this is not a book. This is God's Word on paper. He, he spoke it so you'd write it, and he wrote it so you would speak it. And when you speak it, it's as live when you say it as when he said it. It's still living. An acorn is not a piece of oak. It's alive. You plant an oak chair, you'll get nothing. You won't get a chair. But you plant an acorn, you'll get a tree and you can have all the chairs you want. A lot of times people are confessing, I have a Cadillac. What you need to do is confess, my God meets all of my needs. Because the word is alive. The, cattle, the word Cadillac's not scripture. Who would want a Chevrolet anyway? Never mind. When you could have a Lexus. Okay. I'm joking. Just don't get mad and throw nothing at me. Romans 12.1. I love to preach the word. Romans 12.1. Let's read it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you would prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You hear me say this all the time, and it sounds um, like heresy. It's not, but it sounds like it. I say you're only a third saved. Now, in all reality, I know that you are 100% born again. I know that. I know that you are 100% saved. I know that. You're a spirit, have a soul, live in a body, and I know you're saved. But in reality, man is a spirit, has a soul, lives in a body, and the only part of you that is saved is your spirit. Your soul is not. Your soul did not get saved the day you got born again. Your body did not either. So God did for you what you couldn't do. You couldn't do anything about your sin. You couldn't die on the cross for yourself. You couldn't raise yourself from the dead. You could not make yourself righteous. So God did it for you. But what he, you could do, he left to you. The saving of your soul is up to you. This is the reason why we see Christians all the time that don't look, walk, talk, or even act like they're saved. Because their soul isn't. And a lot of times you may not act like you're saved and you don't even know why do I act the way I act. I know I'm saved. Well, your spirit is, but your soul is not.
So the process of the salvation of your soul is a process from glory to glory to glory. And unless you do something about it, you'll never arrive at where you want to and have the life you want this side of heaven. You'll never see it. And so we see Christians, and this has been the gospel in America for years. Come to Jesus, get your sins forgiven, and go to heaven. That is not the gospel. It is a piece of truth, but it's not the truth. It contains truth. It's like get married so you can have a house. There's little more to it than that. Or have a ring or whatever it is you were looking for. So what, what, is, what is salvation? Salvation is, is you coming back to God so you can walk with God. That's what Adam lost in the garden was walking with God. John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man comes to the Father. It didn't say go to heaven, but by me. See, we, we've, we've rewrote the Bible and made songs, and we believe the songs more than we do the Bible. He didn't, he didn't die to give you real estate in heaven. He came to bring you back to the Father. So he came to bring you back in relationship. He said, I'm going to go and make a place for you in God. And when I come, return, rose from the dead, I will take you where I am. And that's in Christ or back into the presence of God. So now that you're born again, you still have this problem. And I know that y'all have noticed it. Have you ever noticed that sometimes your thoughts are not holy? Or is it just me and Robert? Have you ever had things go through your head and go, well, that wasn't God? That's because your soul is not saved. So the Bible says, be changed outwardly. How do you change your circumstances? Now, let me slow down a minute here because I want to show you something. What we believe, we kind of believe like Hitler. If I can get everybody around me straightened out, I'll have a good life. That's like dipping the ocean with a cup, hoping that you drain it. You're, it ain't happening. You are never going to get all the circumstances and the people around you straightened out. Forget it. It ain't happening. But then how can we have a better life? All you've got to do to get a better life is to get you straightened out. This is an inside job. Be changed outwardly, everything from bad to good, by the renewing of your mind. That means that you need to get your mind in agreement with what God did in your spirit. Get the two of them in agreement. And you'll start living out all that's in your spirit. This is awesome. Okay, now go to 2 Corinthians. I'm just getting cranked up here. We ain't even got started yet. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Once I learned this, I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but I used to be so frustrated trying to change everybody around me so I would have a good day. You want to talk about how they could wreck my day with their being stupid. Until I realized that I'm the one that was stupid, allowing them to wreck my day. I have a saying, and I made it up. Because everybody has a saying when I have to have one or two myself. Does everybody not like, do you have an attitude because people don't like you? Or do people not like you because you have an attitude? 
You see, if you have a bad attitude, I can guarantee you ain't nobody going to like you. And you run around going, ain't nobody like me. Well, why don't they like me? Because you have a bad attitude. No, I have a bad attitude because they don't like me. No, they don't like you because you have a bad attitude. <laughs> I made it up. I thought it was pretty good. Somebody ought to put in a book one day and put my name on the bottom of it. Famous sayings of Daryl Morgan. It'll be a short book. But anyway. <laughs> I wrote that about myself, so don't. <laughs> I started realizing that if, that if I don't like me, who else is going to? <laughs> 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Look at this verse. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. For all of us people that are older, there is nothing you can do about it. You're getting older. Now, you can slow it down. You can jog. You can eat right. You can maintain your youth to the best of your ability but gravity is working. Okay, I know, I, know that, I know some of y'all are going, I rebuke that. No, you can't rebuke it. Tracy wants gravity to work. Bring, get this baby out of here. Now, that doesn't mean you have to start acting like an old fogey. Lisa has four boys, and I'm proud of it. I'm a big kid, and I will never grow up. I am her biggest troublemaker. She says, I have, you're just a boy. I went, amen. Now, here's the difference in a little boy and an old boy. It's the amount of money you spend on their toys. You see, little boys have BB guns and big boys have 308s and 12 gauge and 9 millimeter and 45s and come on. Little boys have bicycles and we have motorcycles. Or little boys have little trucks outside in the yard and we have big trucks in the driveway. And we just, so old age has benefit. Amen. I didn't call you old either, but you know. Though our, we don't lose heart, though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. Did you know that you're eternally young? Now, my kids have said this to me, and they, they use this term, in your day. Uh, and, I, and I go, uh, well, I'm not dead. I notice I move a hair slower, but I'm still a big kid inside. I am not any older now than I was years and years ago. And, and, and younger people think that because they see us slowing down, that somehow or another we've slowed down inside. We have not. You know, one of the things that's really, I don't know whether it's awesome or what, is to see two old people in love. And she's over there flirting like she's 16. And he's running. And, and you know they're going to break something in a minute. <laughs> they're, not any, they're not any older inside than they were when they were young. Is that right, Catherine? You're not. We're, now now, now don't, don't, don't underestimate this old body. 
because there was a time I could whoop you. Now I carry a gun. I'm not, <laughs> I'm deadlier now than I was when I was a kid. Because I already know that I can't take all of y'all on, so I have 10, I have 10 rounds on a backup mag. Uh, y'all didn't need to know all that. It says, for our light affliction, that is a moment. How long is your life here? It's a moment. No matter what you're going through, it'll be over soon. That's that's an incredible statement to know. Now, I said this in earlier service. I wish that I had paid attention to my mother when she told me to brush and floss. When you're sitting in the dentist office, you're thinking, I should have listened to her. But I also think, I'm going to get a new set of chompers one day. This is not my last set of teeth. And then I know I'm going to get my hair back. (laughs) And I'm not going to put it in a ponytail either. You get to heaven. Hi, Pastor. Hi. <laughs> if you see Lisa chasing me around heaven, she's making up for lost time. <laughs> All right. Our light affliction, which is a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding eternal way to glory. Now look at verse 18. This is where we're going. While we do not look at things seen, but at things not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, and the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, it sounds like a contradiction here that we're not looking at what you can see, but we are looking at what you can't see. How can you look at what you can't see? Because everything in the spirit realm is real. When God made the earth... He didn't make it out of nothing. He made it out of what you can't see. But he made it out of himself, and he is substance. He is substance. He has a body, just like you do. You can touch him. Holy Spirit is substance. Jesus is substance. Angels are substance. You can touch them. There's a different subject, substance than here, but it's substance nonetheless. Now listen to what I'm about to say. The spirit realm is more real than this one. Because everything in this realm is made out of that one. And everything in this realm is subject to change. But everything in the spirit realm will never change. Now, once you see that, once you grab a hold of that, you go, I'm living out of the wrong realm. We are. But God has given you and I the ability to see into both realms. And to live out of the spirit and out of the natural. Too often we're living more out of the natural than we are out of the spiritual. Because you are a spirit. And you have a soul. You live in a body. So the real you is spirit. That doesn't mean you're a fog and a vapor. But there is substance to you. But not of this earth. So he says here. Now let's read it again. We're not looking at things seen. That means it's possible for what you can see to captivate your attention. But he said, don't 
focus on it. Don't ignore it. If you see a car coming down the road, don't go, I don't see that. Yeah, you need to see that car. Okay, there's a right time to see it. But we're not focused on things which seem, but we are focused on what you can't see. Okay, now, now, that realm is real. Okay, well, I want to say this. When you got born again, let me show you how this happened. You were unsaved, and you were lost, and on your way to hell. And, and God loved you, and he didn't want you to go to hell. Someone came to you and opened a Bible and read to you something that without a Bible, you would not know it. Because there is a salvation that belongs to you that is a real tangible force that's for you, but it's, it's somewhere you can't see it. But God showed it to you in this book. And the moment you went, I see that. I see he died. You, you weren't there, right? You never, you've never seen Jesus. But you're acting right now. You got up this morning and walked into a church to worship a person you've never seen. This is why this is called faith. All right. So you heard about a man who died. You heard about a man who went to hell and rose from the dead. And you not only believed it, but you saw it. And the moment that you acted on what you couldn't see, bam, you were born again. The, the power of the Holy Ghost hit you and brought what you couldn't see into reality. How much more is in the Bible that God wants to do for you? Say a lot. But he needs to get you to see it. That's, that's a huge statement. Because as long as you can't see it, you'll never get it. Let's talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Um, Roger here and his wife Renee, how long have y'all been here? About two months. Now, Roger's kind of, a, he's homeless. And he's not really homeless. But he travels around America, and he'll, he'll be here a short while, and he'll be leaving. But he came here, and, and he started finding out about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he kind of looked at me a little frustrated. Like, wait a minute, why, why have I always this been mine? And I didn't know it. But it wasn't until he walked in this church, and, and we showed him, he went, ah. Oh, I like that. They start speaking in tongues, and Renee starts speaking in tongues. Now, see, God, now, God was unable. This sounds like heresy. He was unable to get that to him until he saw it. It's always been his, but he never saw it. Or we would say he didn't know it. Now, the moment, so what I'm trying to tell you is healing is already a reality. See, you, you already, healing is already yours. It already belongs to you, and it is a reality that will, that will never change for eternity. But your body, it may not have hit your body yet, 
because God has been unable to get you to see it. You're looking for healing to come from the outside and healing doesn't come to you from the outside. We're not under the old covenant where you're trying to get a hold of Jesus' garment or Rodney Howard Brown's. You got more healing in you than Rodney does on his, on his garment. That anointing is for the lost. I'm not anti if that's where you are in your faith, but it would be nice if you learned to reach on the inside of you and drag what's in there to the surface. Are I mean, I'm trying to help us. I'm not trying to run anybody down. I'm not trying to make fun of you. You get it any way you want to get it, but you'll, but you'll lose it based on you trying to grab something from the outside. The Bible says greater is he that is inside of you than he that's in the world. Where is he? He's inside. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you. What if we could get that life and that glory that's on the inside to kind of blow through the old body? What if we get the prosperity in there, the blessing of Abraham to blow out into our house and our business? What if we could get, see, it's an inside job, but if God can't get you to see it, he can't get it to you because you can't see what you can't see. So the preaching of the word of God is to get you to see something, but we're not showing you something that doesn't exist. We're showing you something that does exist though you don't see it. Heaven's real. It's not real because you see it. It's real. Jesus is real. The anointing is real. The Holy Ghost is real. Healing is real. The blessing of Abraham is real. Victory is real. So he wants you to be changed outwardly by the renewing of your mind, not your in-law. You don't have to change your wife. You don't have to change your husband. You don't have to change your boss. You just, you just change yourself. Amen. See, if you keep growing in glory, you'll take the company away from your boss. No, no, that sounds, that sounds crazy. It, it isn't. All right. What I'm showing you is how simple it is, but church today has programmed you. Now, now this is one I hate. I just hate it, but don't come up here and I will lay my hand on you. Well, I will, and the anointing will come on you, but what are you going to do if I'm out of town? Oh, help us, pastor's gone. What if I taught you how to tap your own anointing? Now, sometimes I get sick and I go, ha! And it works. Okay, boy. <laughs> this is so fun. Second Corinthians 3, 9 if the ministry of condemnation had glory, Old Testament, the ministry of righteousness exceeds in glory. For when that which made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels, 
What if the passing away was glorious? What remains is more glorious. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted on the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. A lost person cannot see what you see. And God doesn't want them to see it until they accept Jesus. He does not want them tapping. We are a fraternity. We use words. They don't know what we're talking about. The glory, the anointing, the blessing. They go, what y'all talking about? In a way, it's, it's a fraternal. We are the church. We understand these words. Our eyes are not blind to this. Now, you say, but what, what do we do about them? Well, they're going to have to come through Jesus first. Forget about prosperity until they get, just don't even talk about all Roberts. They will not get it. You sit and argue with people over tithing and they're not saved. Oh, good Lord, forget it. You can't teach them that. You can't teach them about the anointing. That you, when, when your in-laws come in here, they go, I ain't getting up there and falling down. <laughs> if they knew what was going to hit them, they'd get up here and fall down. Yeah. I ain't looking right now down on the floor. You didn't say that in the bar last week when you <laughs> fell off the stool. <laughs> Y'all dancing at church. Listen, I danced before I got saved. I did the Watusi <laughs> and the camel walk. And the electric slide, man, I could. Now, I'll tell you who can dance. That's Jr. Now, that's one crazy Dominican right there. (laughs) Yeah, everybody else out there was jumping and hollering and shouting. I thought about getting out there and looking like the fool, too, but I didn't. Amen. Don't think I can't. I won't. It brings back old memories. I took a picture in a bar one time, and they, every waitress in there attacked me and took my camera away. And she said, don't you know people in here are doing things wrong? I went, you can't photograph people in here. I went, oh, Okay. It's called stupid. Okay. Lost my camera. All right. There's one of those little boxes anyway. Let me, let me finish with this. Verse 14. The minds were blinded for until the same veil is unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. See, if you're born again, There is nothing to stop you from seeing what belongs to you. Everything God gave you in Jesus is open to your eyes. You can see what they can't see. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And we all with unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are changed from glory to glory 
to glory to glory. So wait a minute. Though it's inside you, how do you make, how do you get the change? You've got to see what's real, but you can't see. It's called I walk by faith and not by sight. Now, before we go on, let me make a statement to you. This is probably one of the most difficult things you'll ever do in your life is to learn to walk by faith. Because you're going to walk by what he said and not by the way you feel and the way things appear. Because the way things appear are subject to change and what he said does not change. Now, we have this story in, the, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's a simple story, and I don't need to go over there. But you remember the day that Jesus, well, Jesus was in the boat with them one day, and they screamed at him and said, don't you even care? We're perishing. And he's going, what is with you guys? It's just a storm. And they're like, it's just a storm. It's like filling up the boat, and we're all going to drown. And Jesus goes, oh, shut up and tell the storm. And they marveled. Well, he decided to trump that. We don't even need a boat. I mean, even if the boat sank, we'd just walk home. So the next time he comes out there, he walks up to him and goes, how y'all doing? And they're going, ah, this is not normal. He goes, oh, okay. Peter goes, if it's you, what was, bid me come. What was he going to say? It's him. So he says, come. And it says, Peter walked on the water. It walked on the water. Then it says, he began to sink. Listen, I want you to go out to your pool. And I want you to step off and begin to sink. No one begins to sink. You either sink or you don't sink. But Jesus corrected him and said, why did you doubt? He was looking at the wind. The most difficult thing that you and I are going to do in this world while we're here is to keep our eyes on the word as opposed to the circumstance. The circumstance will change. It will change based on your faith in God. Are y'all listening to that? Now, now understand, the, the, the circumstance, like the wind, will scream at you. The doctor said. I know what the doctor said, but. All right. We'll get into that in a minute. Now, listen, we're not just talking about healing. We're talking about everything in your life. Wherever you are right now today, your best days are ahead of you. And not a Democrat or a Republican or a politician or a doctor can change it. Now, go home today and plant a tomato plant and ask it who's in office. Tomato plant does not give a rip who the president of the United States and the word does not care who's in office. Now, I wish that we had a better person in office. Believe you me, I really don't want to put four and a half dollars worth of gas per gallon in my tank. But since God has made stars out there that are 10 times bigger than our sun, and they're nothing but gas, and there's a billion of them, 
he thinks there's no shortage of gas. So I just say, send some star and stick it in the tank. I mean, it's more convenient to have it cheaper. But my God meets all of my needs according to his paycheck up in heaven, not according to my paycheck, according to his paycheck, and he ain't broke, and I don't have to worry about what the Democrats are doing or the Republicans are doing or anybody else. By God, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Abraham blessings are mine. I will live and not die. I will walk and not faint. But you have to train yourself to see what you can't see. But it's not, a, I'm not making it up. It is real. The spirit realm is more real than the realm we're in right now. God made everything out of the spirit realm. Amen. Boy, I'm doing pretty good. While we're not looking at things seen, but things that are not seen, the things that are seen are temporary. Now come back over here to verse uh, 18. We, for we all, with an unveiled face, behold, focus, fixate, look. You get your eyes in the mirror. What does the mirror, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump over here and do something right now, I'm gonna show you something. We're going to read, I'm going to show you a picture of me in the mirror. This is me. This is me. Himself bore my sin in his body on a tree that I having died to sin might live and be made righteous by whose stripes I was healed. Glory to God. Whoa, that's a good, I'm looking good, man. My God, I'm looking good. And then I look in a real mirror and I go, oh, I lied to other mirror. <laughs> All right, now hold on a minute, hold on a minute. But I'm going to have to focus on that mirror and not the other mirror because the other mirror is subject to change. That will never change. So he tells you how to get it the same way a sinner gets it. The sinner read John 3.16 and went, hmm, died for me. Hmm, forgave me. Hmm, I'll take that. Amen. It's not, he's not just being forgiven. He's, he's completely being made into a new person. That power is available for everything you want if you can find it in the mirror. But the mirror, it takes you from glory to glory to glory. Now, don't get mad at me. That's why sometimes your healing doesn't happen quickly. Don't cry. Just, just, just be quiet. If it didn't happen instantly like you thought it would in Oral Roberts, listen, you're going from glory to glory to glory. You say, well, you know, when, when I got uh, um, congestive heart failure, they gave me a year to live. I couldn't walk to the mailbox. 
Last night I went out and, uh, and fast walked and um, uh, 1.2 miles, came in and did push-ups, did sit-ups and worked out with weights and curled and whole nine yards and all that. And listen, I'm not where I was. Oh God, God, I'm not where I was. But I'm not where I'm going either. Oh boy, I'm preaching real good. Now, it seems like <laughs> I've been having to read this scripture a lot because sometimes I'm having a hard time seeing it. Sometimes my body goes, hey, fool, how you feel? Where's my Bible? <laughs> I ain't talking to you. Because I, I am not staying here. Now, I'd get old Roberts to pray for me, but I, I, I don't, I think he's already gone. I'd probably get Rodney, but I don't know where he lives. He lives too far away. And since I don't have all these people to pray for me, maybe I should learn how to get it on my own since I'm always here. <laughs> this is pretty good, folks. Say, my best days are ahead of me. There is nothing in your life you can't change it. It'll all change based on your eyeballs in the mirror. If God can get you to see it, he can get it to you. God is a creator. And he made you in his image. Now, you may not be creating the sun and the moon and the stars, but you can certainly create a better life. You can certainly now listen, Lisa said this to me one time. Really, she's a really wise woman. I was having a hard time with y'all. Sometimes y'all don't do what y'all said y'all do. You said you're going to work in a nursery and y'all didn't even come to church. Or you said you'd be on the band and we ain't seen you since. Okay, so that began to bother me. And I got all bummed out. And Lisa said, you need to learn to pastor two churches. And I just made me mad. I said, I can't pastor one. Why would I have two of them? She said, pastor the one in you. Now, here's the thing about the one in me. Everybody's nice. Everybody tithes. Everybody's faithful. And I realized that I was preaching to rebels instead of preaching to sons and daughters of God. It wasn't you that needed to change. I needed to change the way I saw you. That's huge, folks. My kids, they're a blessing. They have the mind of Christ. They have the wisdom of God. They're a blessing. We'll talk about how they act. Talk about who they are in Christ. Talk about the way God sees them. People like to be liked. When you like someone, 
because you see the good in them, you'll have a friend for life. Because sometimes they don't even see the good in themselves. We need more people in the world that can see past the dirt. There's gold. There's gold right here. This is, this is gold. That's you gold. Are you his workmanship? Does he screw up? I see that. I see it. That's a man of God. That's huge, folks. Now, what if other people don't see it? Can you see it? Jesus did not shy away from telling people who he was. I don't shy away from telling you who I am. I am a prophet of God. I am anointed. That's who I am. Whether you see it or not, I could care less. I'm not based on what you see. I'm based on what I see. But that's what God said. That's where I got that. That's not pride. Moses said, now, the Bible says Moses is the most humble man in the world. And Moses wrote it. (laughs) Daryl Morgan, the most humble man in all of Popka. Amen. All right, go to James chapter 1. Are y'all getting this? Say my best days. Now, wherever you are, wherever you and I are right now, based on your ability to to get the word of God out and to see it. And, And I wish that I could tell you that we see it completely the first time. You see it and you walk away and go, okay, hold on a minute. I saw something yesterday in that scripture. Okay, go back and read it again. That's called meditating or focus. Where the mind goes, the man follows. It is very important what you think about. Who's choosing your thoughts? You are. Now, understand something. I didn't say stuff isn't happening. I didn't say we're pretending like nothing bad is happening. It's a matter of the fact that stuff bad is happening, but I'm going to choose to think on the good that's going on. Let's, let's, let's stay here for a second. No matter what's happening to you right now, you're not in jail or hell. Say hallelujah. You're not in a hospital. Hallelujah. Some of you look like you ate well this morning. <laughs> And yesterday and the day before. You woke up in a bed with an air conditioner blowing. You got in an automobile and you drove here. You live in the richest country in the world. You're born again filled with the Holy Ghost. And if nothing else, you ought to learn to think on good things. Set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. In other words, you have a control over what's going on in your head. And I'm not saying bad stuff doesn't come in, but just don't let it stay there. Just go, I don't think so. So if you have a bad thought, put a good one in there and push the bad one out. Don't try to go neutral. That's called dead. 
Do y'all get that? So the Bible says, thank, think, think on good things. Now, listen, if you're walking around depressed, it's not the circumstances depressing you. It's what you think about them. So you look at a circumstance and go, well, I'm going to tell you right now, everything's going bad. Everything's going bad. My job's going bad. My job's going bad. My son, and my wife, she don't do this. And my husband don't do that. And the kids are this and this and that. What do you think about it, Pastor? I said, well, if God is for me, who could be against me? <laughs> Glory to God. What's the difference? I'm looking at something very different than you're looking at. I didn't say it didn't exist. I just said it ain't bigger than God. See, I used to have a problem with worry. Now, I know none of y'all ever had, so let me just talk about me for a minute. <laughs> Any of y'all ever worry? You just, oh, what am I going to do about that? What am I going to do about that? What am I going to do about that? And in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your cares on him because he what? He cares. He cares. Now, listen, you're looking at the problem, and you go, he cares. I like that part better. Father, I know you care. I know you got this. I refuse to worry. What did I do? I changed focus. Not all that hard. I'm walking by faith, not by sight. You can train yourself to do anything. James chapter 1, verse 21. Lay aside all filthiness and the overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness, that's teachable, the implanted word in your soul, which is able to save your soul. The only thing that can save your soul is the word. Without the word, you'll never have a, soul, a safe soul. But be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving who? So who screwed you up? You did. Yeah, you don't know what they're doing to me. You don't know what you're doing to you. What you're doing to you is worse than what they're doing to you. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man that looked in a natural face in the mirror and he observed himself and went away and immediately forgot what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer or the doer, this man is blessed in everything he does. Now, let me, let, let's, let's talk about this book now. We're not, we're not talking about a religious program. I'm not talking about that at all. It's a matter of finding the scriptures that belong to you and just taking the time during the day to focus on them. That will take you further, faster than trying to fix it. Because it's not going to fix until you get the, your soul fixed. Now, let, let me use this term with you. The reason that rich people produce rich kids is not white privilege. It's because they grow up in a home where mommy and daddy think different about money than broke people. That's all. Now, now don't get mad at me. Don't throw anything at me. So what would happen if you was a broke kid and you started running around with a rich daddy? Forget your earthly daddy. He might be broke. But this daddy ain't broke. So, Y'all out there, do you go home? You can take anybody anywhere 
and teach them principles and they'll come out of whatever they're in. It's just, it's true. You, do you understand that? Yes. Now, wherever you are right now, find people who know more than you. Yes. Befriend them. If they have a business that's working and you have one that isn't, find a man that has a business working and get to know him. And he'll talk, to, he'll change a lot of the way you think. Am I right, Zach? And you'll find out that, that the biggest problem in your business is you. Or your home. Or your life. Now, you may be ignorant, just don't stay ignorant. So when I got born again, I started seeing people that had money and people didn't have money. And I said, I think money is better than not having any. So I think I'm going to learn something from people who have some. And the more you hang around them, after a while, a million dollars is not a lot of money. All that is is investment capital. There was a time I thought, I'll buy a million dollars. I'll buy a new pickup truck. Now I'd probably buy real estate. I think. Very different. Oh, my boy. I have a, a, a dream, and it'll never come to pass because it's insane. I would love to have a time machine and go in the future and find out what's going to make it in the stock market and come back and invest. Wouldn't you have liked to have bought a house in Apopka about three or four years ago worth 50000 that's worth a half a million right now? Wouldn't you like to have done that? Shoot. But, but God knew it. Shondi. All right, I'm, 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 I'm trying to help us. Chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all men liberally. As a matter of fact, if he lacks anything, ask him, he'll give it to you liberally. God wants you to have it. He wants you to have it. He made it and he wants you to have it. And to be given him. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. He who doubts... It's like a wave of the sea driven, tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose you'll get anything from God. Why? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. In other words, a man with two reference points is unstable. So, listen, you need one reference or another? Wait a minute, the doctor or Jesus? Pick, pick a reference. You say, what if I die looking at Jesus? Oh, I got news for you. You're going to die looking at the other guy. And if you don't die from the disease, you'll die from the pills he gave you. I'm not anti-pill. I'm not anti-doctors. But let's bless God when you leave the doctor's office, get your Bible out. Don't rely on them. They were practicing. The sign told you he's only practicing. He's got out there, doctor, daughter, practice. God ain't practicing nothing. All right, boy, how am I doing? How am I doing? Philippians 4. I had another scripture down here somewhere. I'm going to try to find it. Go to Hebrews 11 real quick. Go to Hebrews 11. Just two pages over. It's not that far to go. You can walk there. 
11.1. Faith is the substance of things you hope for. All right, now, now, now let's look at this word. Instead of imagination, we used last week and the week before whenever we were last preaching. I think Lisa preached last week. Now the New Testament doesn't use the word imagination, it uses the word hope. So how does faith work if you have no hope? It doesn't. If you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. If the doctor tells you you're sick and you see yourself dead, that's called hopeless. But are you truly hopeless? Not according to the word of God, you're not. Because all things are possible to him who believes. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That gets rid of hopeless. I'm going to go real slow now. I want you to get this. I understand something. Your body hurting is real. The doctor's report's real. It's a fact, but it's not truth. The substance of God will change anything. Faith is the substance. Tangible. Where do we get tangible faith? From the word of things hopeful. Well, if Satan get rid of your hope, then you don't have any reason for faith. So this is the way I describe it. If you get a hot air balloon, the hot air balloon is substance. But you got to put some hot air in there. You ever had anybody look at you and say, hey, you're full of hot air? That's a good statement if you have the word. I might be full of hot air, but I got the word of God on this. I told you the story was either last week or the week before. When I started getting in my car and saying clear prop and flying home. It was not an airplane, but I have hope. And now I have a scripture, and now I fly everywhere I go, though I don't have a pilot's license yet. But I got it the minute I prayed. It exists, but not in this realm. Because faith is a substance of what I hope for. Well, it was a few years later, someone handed me the money, and I went to Orlando Country, and I, in June 1st, 1988, I went and saw Mr. Boschlag, and I got my private pilot's license. Then after that, I got multi and multi-engine instrument, but I was flying when I had no airplane. Why do you think Jesus said you need to be like a kid? Because you ask a, ch- a child, and he'll tell you he's a fireman, and he's only five. And a little girl, Lisa and I were in Panama City today, a little girl sitting there with a little pink dress and a little, what is that little thing on her head called? A tiara. And I said, are you a princess? And she said, yes. (laughs) Yeah, she is princess. Now, you ain't telling her otherwise. She's princess. But why did Jesus say, if you were ever to become like, it is, folks, listen. Dream again, you old thing. (laughs) Good Lord, have mercy. Quit talking about the economy. If you want a house, plan it. According to whose riches? It sure ain't your paycheck, baby. It says, come on. 
The greatest thing you'll ever do if you want a house is to draw the prints. Get a picture of it, hang it up, and go get your blueprints. Start. I want, we got time. We have it whether you like it or not. I got to tell a hunting story. When I, when I bow hunted, and I still do, according to my faith, I had always had a dream of shooting a deer with my longbow on the ground. That means stalking it, shooting it, not tree stand. Now, you sneak up on a deer, you have done something. That's huge. So one day, I saw a T-shirt in Three Rivers Archery, and and it had a guy with a longbow drawing back and shooting an eight-point buck at about 10 yards away. I bought the shirt, and I wore the shirt. And every time I wore it, someone asked me about it, and I said, this is me. I'm going somewhere, folks. Listen to me. If you can't see what you can't see, you'll never see it. Every time, I, I actually have dreamed about the day that I would actually pull this off. Now, with God, all things are what? If whatever I desire, when I pray, believe it's granted, and I shall say have. So I'm up in Wisconsin. Every morning on the way to my tree stand, it's dark. And I go through an area of woods about as big as this wall to the parking lot of just an oak between two corn and alfalfa fields, just a little oak wood lot. And I would jump an animal, probably a deer, every morning in the dark on the way to my tree stand. So I got the bright idea. Why don't I shoot this thing? I mean, I know he's in there. So when I came out the next day, I found an old chair down by a lake, which is a pond, a mud pond for, for cattle to, to drink out of. And I took it up in the woods and I set it and I cut all the bushes around and I, I found a little tree where a, where a deer had been tending it. And I sat down and I just sat there with my bow and waited. And I waited about two hours. And the, and the trees were like this. And you could see my head. So when I, all of a sudden I look up and there's, a, there's an eight-point buck about from here to the back of that wall tending a branch. And I went, oh, my God, it's a deer. And I got down on my knees and I can't see him. And I'm going, oh, shoot, I can't see. And, and I knew I couldn't stay in this position very long because my legs wouldn't handle it. So after about five minutes, I stood up. And the deer was gone. I went, oh, Lord, that's my deer. That's my deer in Jesus' name. That's my deer in Jesus' name. And I turned, and he was about where Karen is, quartering away from me exactly like the T-shirt. And I went, and I shot that deer. And I went home, and I told my mom, and she drew the picture of me, it is the exact as the T-shirt. Amen. Wow. I not only got the deer, I got the exact image that was in my soul. Where the mind goes, the man follows. 
What are you thinking about? What are you meditating on? What are you focusing? Are you focusing on the problem? Are you focusing on the answer? Folks, listen to me. This is huge. I don't have time to get in this. I'm going to read one more scripture to you. Philippians. Well, I'm going to finish this and go to Philippians. Listen. By faith, the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So things which are seen are not made with things that are visible. In other words, God made the earth out of what you can't see. All right, now go to Philippians 4, and I'm going to try to close. Am I boring you? You better start acting like I'm doing a really good job. Say, my best days are ahead. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious about slap nothing, but in everything about prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Quit being so grumpy all the time. Let your requests be made known to God. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, and then it goes on. Think on these things. Think on. Focus own what is good, what is just, what is lovely, what is good. Listen, spend your time thinking God thoughts. God meets all of my needs. Now you, you pull your checkbook out and go, oh, that don't look good. Put it up. Get your Bible out. Oh, that looks a lot better. My God meets all of my, <laughs> I'm blessed. Now then you get a bill in the mail. Okay, that's fact. My God meets all of my need according to his riches and glory. If God is for me, who could be against me? Listen, you may say, well, that's just mind over matter. Well, it's, it's my mind and you don't matter. This is the very thing that Jesus said when he cursed the fig tree. He said, fig tree, nobody eats from you. And the, and the disciples marveled that it died and he said, have faith, you know, have faith of God. If you say, we focused on the saying, but do you see that tree living or do you see that tree dying? I see that bill going away. I see that money coming in. That angel's going out and bringing that money in. I see God having people come to bless my business in Jesus' name. See, I see people getting saved in this church. I see people getting healed in this church. I see people getting filled with the Holy Ghost in this church. I see it. I saw people being raised from the dead before I ever prayed for a dead person. But I have prayed for dead people and they came back. But you'll never see it if you can't see it. Make you think you're a blessing. There ain't anything in your life God's holding against you. Not a thing. You know, sometimes you need to have someone tell you that even though it's in the Bible. It's someone look at you and go, there ain't anything in your life stopping God in your life. It's important what you say to each other. It's very important what you say to you. Here's a question. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Well, I'm looking at the last days. I'm looking at Jesus coming back. <laughs> God took care of the children of Israel in Egypt. Well, he certainly ain't going to dump his church. So how's my days ahead? 
Well, they all look good to me. You see, I see my kids. I see them in church worshiping God. But that's in here. Sometimes I have to look at them and go, I see you back there. Worshiping the Lord, speaking in tongues. I see you. (laughs) Father God, we've had a good morning. There's not a person in this room that walked in here today that cannot change everything they're going through. And you will help them do it. I pray, Father God, you'd give them scripture starting today, and I'm asking you to give them grace. What we're talking about is called walking by faith. It is not easy for everybody to be doing it, but it's possible. And everybody in the sound of my voice can change anything that they're in the middle of right now. And it'll come out for the better. They tried to kill Paul and was unable to. Tried to kill Jesus. They did, but he kind of came back. Father, everybody in the Bible that ever had a bad day, you turned it around. Whether it was Joseph, whether it was Moses, no matter who it was, it was Abraham, it didn't matter who it was. Peter put him in jail, thought he was going to kill him, and yet he's up the next day preaching. Because you're a good God. I pray that Heavenly Father, starting today, that we'll learn to focus on what you said. Learn to focus on the mirror of the Word of God. And allow that to impregnate our spirits with what you said about us, what you said about our circumstance. Father, this child in here that hasn't been right in his body, I, I see him walking. I see him up. I see him going from glory to glory. I see people in this church right now, their lives are not going so good, but Father, their best days are ahead of them. I see that. I see some of these young men married, good families, good wives. See some of these women, young girls married, good husbands, having a good life. They don't have to follow the same path as their parents if their parents weren't right. They can change whatever hand was given to them. They can change it. Joseph did. David did. Jesus did. Pastor Morgan did. We can change that with your help. You said that you came that we'd have life and have it abundant. Father, all the people in here struggling financially, I take authority over that. I ask you to bless everything they put their hand to. Wherever they're working right now, they would increase. If they need to, they'll own the company they work for. Whatever it is you need to do, I pray that they would today, starting today, go from glory to glory. If they're dealing with sickness in their body, I call them well. I call them whole. I call them healthy. I call them healed in Jesus' name. They are healed. They will live and not die. With long life, you'll satisfy them show them your salvation. You have forgiven every iniquity. You heal every disease. You redeem them from destruction. Crown them with loving kindness. Goodness and mercy follow them all the days of their life. Mercy follows them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the word. 
for whatever happens in this church today with people's lives, we give you the glory. We take no glory for what you do. Without you, you said we can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. Praise the name Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Faith is a tangible, solid presence. It's tangible. It's solid. And every one of you in here, whether you have Jesus in your heart or not, you have the ability to tap into faith if your attitude's right. He even gives an unsaved person the ability to believe what's being presented to them, even at that very moment. Thank God. Amen. Jesus told Jesse to plan us when he went to heaven for five hours and 15 minutes. He said, my worst day is ahead of me. And Jesse's like, what? Your worst day was the crucifixion. You died on the cross and you bore all that. He said, my worst day is ahead of me. He said, what do you mean by that? He said, the day that I not only am going to wipe away the tears from everyone's eyes, but I'm going to wipe away the tears from my own eyes. The day that I am judge and not acting as Savior in that moment. The day where I have to look at my creation that I love and say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. He says, I am not looking forward to that day. He says, but right now, it's reversible. I am Savior in this day. And I died for every person on this earth. So as my altar workers are coming forward, if you're here this morning and you don't know, that you know that you know that you've said, Jesus, come in my heart. Be Lord of my life. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Not just thank you. I believe in God. No, Jesus, come in my heart. Come in my heart my heart. I accept you. I accept the blood you shed for me. He says, today I'm Savior, and I can reverse that while there's life on this planet as, it's, as it is, before you go to your eternal reward, whether it be to heaven or to hell. There is a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun, and we don't make any apologies for that. But Jesus told Jesse, my worst days ahead of me when I have to send them because they rejected me. If you're here today and you don't know if you've ever said, Jesus, I don't want to reject you. I thank you for what you did for me. He said, I'm Savior right now. Don't make me be judge. You come forward and you receive him now for what he's done for you. He says, I love my creation. I want them all to be with me. But they decide whether they receive what I did for them. He took our sins on that cross and he annihilated them. He didn't just wash them, he removed them. They don't even talk about sin in heaven. You don't even repent when you go to heaven. There's none of that. There's no remembrance of your sin or anything. It's been removed. Jesse said he felt like falling on like I should repent or something. He's like, I couldn't think of anything to repent of. Because there's nothing to repent of. It's been washed and removed. 
So if you're here today or if you're sitting by someone today that you're not sure that they've said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, you bring them up. Don't let them come up alone. You bring them up. You have them pray for you. They will lead you in a prayer of salvation. And you will be saved today. I'm going to wait until I've had my fun. I'll get saved when I'm old. You may not live to when you're old. Death for many comes sudden and instant. And now your chance is gone. You may not die one of those old lingering deaths where you have time. It may be immediate for you. Don't say no. Don't say no. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. He said, I am Savior now for all those that will allow me to reverse this process. He says, I will save them from their sins. Amen. And if you want prayer for any other reason, God is my witness. He said, if any two shall agree on earth, it shall be done for them of my Father in heaven. It shall be done. I know I'm belaboring this, but the angel told Jesse, he said, everybody up in heaven gets their desires answered immediately. Anything they want, anything they want at that moment, they get up in heaven immediately. They want a home in the country, they get a home in the country. They want a home in the city, they get a home. Anything, they want to ride on a lion's back. They, whatever they think and whatever they desire, they want instantly. It all is granted to them in heaven. And the angel said, and it can be so on earth too if they'll just believe. Yesterday morning I was praying at 7 in the morning. And here comes this fly. Just is from hell. This fly was from hell. <laughs> when you're praying and God is on you and you're just praying and I said I curse you fly in Jesus name and I command you to drop to the ground <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me and said believe those words in other words don't get up and go to the fly swatter and make him drop to the ground I didn't want to chase a fly at that moment I was, I was with God he said believe those words like Jesse said believe them so what that meant is that I'm going to see that hunk of fly on the ground somewhere without anyone doing anything. Three hours later, so I said it, I believed it. I said, I believe those words I said. Three hours later, I came back. And that fly was lying on the ground besides a, another chair close to mine. And my husband happened to be sitting in that area. I said, did you, did you kill this fly? He said, I don't know about any fly. I didn't get up and kill nothing. I said, there's the fly. It dropped. I cursed it. And it dropped to the earth because it was destroying my prayer time. Believe your words. Believe your words. God is saying to you right now, believe your words. The words that you speak. He says, if you'll believe it, it'll come to pass. Come right now. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, 
Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.